Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. There were some stories this week about the continuation of the military sexual misconduct cases. We've talked about this a great deal. And it's very reminiscent of the programs we aired about the RCMP, the women in the RCMP, were sexually harassed, assaulted for decades. And it was talked about periodically. We talked about it in Parliament. We talked about it in various circles. But then it would just disappear and it would continue. It would be tacitly tolerated until enough was enough. And it really was Catherine Galliford and uh, Janet Merlo who were the first women to really step up and push back really hard. And we've had the opportunity to speak with Catherine and with uh, Janet many times on this program. She'll be with us in a few minutes. But the Canadian military, the issue continues there very in a very concerning manner. Military sexual misconduct class action claims are up 170% over the last six months, Global News. And the Canadian military, here's another story from Global News from uh, Friday. The Canadian military has received more than, listen to this, more than 700 sexual assault reports since 2016. That's in five years. 700. And those are the ones that are reported. Joining us on the program, we've talked to him about this case many times, and he's one of the best people to talk to in this country when it comes to issues that have to do with the military, is Michel Drapeau. He's a retired Canadian military colonel, Ottawa lawyer specializing in military-related cases. He has many clients who allege they are victims of sexual misconduct in the military. And you can go to mdlo.ca, michelledrapeaulawoffice.ca. Colonel Drapeau, thank you very much for the time. The military, the CAF, receiving more than 700 sexual assault reports since 2016. That's the headline. That's in five years. What does that speak of? Well, I speak to the problem is deep, it's wide, it, it has not been addressed. And by the way, the figures that are being used uh, is, uh, are very, very conservative. Uh, the uh, Statistic Canada did two surveys in two years running in 2017 and 2018. And in each one of the years, they said that sexual assault were in excess of 800. Uh, so, yeah, so the problem has been going on for years. Um, the, the brass uh, has known about it and has done very little, um, you know, in Operation Honored, which was started by uh, John, uh, Jonathan Vance, uh, was, was basically a... Uh, a roadshow, but uh, it didn't produce any results. And uh, when I say the brass, I, I, I specifically want to mention the fact that uh, we're, we're talking about civilian and military brass at National Defense Headquarters, starting with the ministry, who's been there for six years now, the deputy ministry, who's been there for five years, 
to whom the sexual response centers reports to, and she's the principal advisor to the deputy minister, uh, to, the, to the minister as the deputy minister, uh, and of course the chief of the defense staff and the rest of the military staff. And all of those taken together, it's a big staff. It's a staff that knows exactly what I'm referring to when I talk about the Statistic Canada, because this survey was commissioned by the Defense Department to begin with. So there is a, there is a lot of accountability that is required to be done, and it, it goes above and beyond the military staff that at the moment are you know are are under the gun as they should be. Yeah, sexual misconduct class action lawsuits claims are up 170% over the last six months. That's a global news story. And it does really begin to remind of the RCMP sexual misconduct suits. And they took years to develop. This is very reminiscent, is it not? Uh, I, I think it is. It's, it's the same type of culture, the same type of uh, turning a blind eye to the issue, uh, primarily because uh, you were dealing with uh, the problem being so pervasive and being at a senior level, and uh, you could always find a reason as to why you should turn a blind eye or, 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 or be very forgiving about it. Uh, the military justice system has done this for years, where individuals would be charged under the criminal code for sexual assault and simultaneously be charged on, under the code of service discipline for conduct of the prejudice or good or during discipline, which is basically a, 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 a tap on the shoulders to say, you know, you better behave yourself and, and a small fine and uh, turn the page. There's no criminal records and there is no accountability uh, required of the officer concerned. So we're paying the price now for an accumulated culture that has taken decades and I say decades because we've had, I mean, the chief of the defense staff back into the early 1990, uh, Maurice Bail, uh responded to it and established some clear-cut, uh, you know, orders and policies and so on and so forth, saying that uh, anybody, in fact, who's been harassed or sexually assaulted could, could come to him. Uh, so it's not as if this is a you know, a flavor of the month and uh, this is the, the new generation, whatever. It's been there for decades and for decades of the military brass and the civilian brass after a blind eye to it. Yeah, now somebody said to me, actually it's been said more than once, and it's been emailed that the CIF leadership, the Canadian Armed Forces leadership, is in denial. And I said, no, they're not. They're not in denial. They know exactly what's uh, what's going on. They're not. They're they're toler. They're in. They're tolerating. It's they who are actually tolerating this. Otherwise, it would stop. So, do you think? First of all, do you agree with that? And then, secondly, do you think things will truly change, or does the top of the Canadian Armed Forces leadership have to change? Well, the first aspect is for many years, if I go back two or three years, there was a culture that was transparent at D&D, and it went like this. They had no tolerance for sexual assault. That was interpreted by many, many senior commanders and, and commanding officers as they have no tolerance to be informed about sexual assault. We don't want to hear about it and move on, do something, you know, but, but leave us alone. So that you know, no tolerance type of... Maison Tante went on for a good number of years. Uh, can we address it? 
Uh, I think they have no choice, but it will only be addressed if the political masters get involved, starting from the dip, from the minister and, and coming down the chain to the ministers and the deputy ministers. And at the moment, the prime minister hasn't done anything except he's, he's rolling the can down the hall and, and hoping that the election will come about and people will forget about it. He hasn't done anything. Uh, the, the minister, we know, uh, has been very passive. He's appeared a number of times before two parliamentary committees, and he's, he's mumbled his way through, but has taken no commitment. The deputy minister, Judy Thomas, has not been seen anywhere, uh, but she is, in fact, a, the grey eminence. She is, in fact, the principal advisor to the minister, and she can hold senior military staff to account, and I guess she hasn't done that. And when it comes to senior military blasts, a number of them have been suspended. And, and there's, you know, there's nobody in charge at the moment that can say, this is what we're going to do and this is where we're going to go. Um, Mr. Justice Fish has submitted a report, but his report is full of recommendations, about 107 of them. But until these are not only accepted, but put into place, we're not going to see a real change. So at the moment, we're into a wait and see uh, and, and hope for the best for the next uh, whatever, until a, the government, in fact, uh, makes, uh, makes a decision as to who's going to be leading the force, what the policy is going to be, and then putting it into force through a new minister and hopefully a new deputy minister and a new chief of the defense staff. Colonel Drapo, my sense is that the political leadership, and you're absolutely correct, they are the ones ultimately responsible, because ultimately they're the ones who have the ability, the right, the, 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 it's their job to intervene and to change things. I believe they have made a calculated political decision that this situation can be placed on hold and that the national sentiment of Canadians will not force them to act. Now, whether that's correct or not, I don't know, but it's my sense they've made this political calculation. Would you agree? And I, I, and I agree with you fully. They don't think this will be, in fact, an election issue. They don't think that the public uh, will keep its attention riveted upon the sexual misconduct in the forces and the decimated leadership that we have and the absence of, 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 of any accountability on the part of the civilian and the military brass. And uh, something will come along, and, and it always does, to change the channel, so to speak. I don't think, I don't think that the... Uh, the, the governing leaders at the moment at the political level feel some, somehow responsible or, or animated in any way, shape or form, uh, you know, having to act. Uh, they just let it, let it be. And then, uh, you know, the summertime, the barbecue season, the, the, uh, the summer season will take care of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise, uh, they would react. And, and the crisis is important. It's a, one of the Canada's top national organization with an international mandate and, uh, you know, a reputation that goes back centuries, in fact. So there is an urgent need to address this and to make sure that women who want to serve in the forces and serving the forces can do so with dignity and safety and integrity. And that should be a political priority for any party. Yes, sir. Now, the issue of sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, and worse, the reports from the Canadian military, reminiscent of uh, what we talked about many years, actually, with women within the RCMP. So what's the expectation for a class action lawsuit concerning sexual misconduct? We know that up to 170% increase in class action cases 
have been filed in the last six months. Now, these involve the Canadian military. Janet Merlo was one of the leaders of the $100 million class action lawsuit against the RCMP. She was one of the women, first women officers to come forward and push very hard so that people wouldn't ignore any longer the sexual misconduct within the RCMP. And uh, Janet's book, which I really believe uh, you will enjoy reading because it's so relevant, enjoy from the perspective that it provides you with information that you need. She's the author of No One to Tell, Breaking My Silence on Life in the RCMP. How are you, Janet? I'm good, thank you. Good to have you back with us. Thank you. When you... uh, when you hear these stories about the sexual misconduct within the Canadian Armed Forces, how reminiscent is that of what you faced within the RCMP, including leadership not stepping up for women who were subjected to sexual harassment and worse? It's a mirror image, I think, of what we went through. It, it, it's, so, it's so similar on so many levels that it, 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 I guess it's like we all work for the same organization. So it's it's revisiting, really revisiting the past. Absolutely. What do you say to women within the Canadian Armed Forces? Not the 700 who've stepped forward over the last five years and have filed cases. Not the women who are within the in these class action suits. So 170% um, increase in six months. That's a huge number. What do you say to women within the forces who are contemplating uh, stepping forward what advice do you have for them? I, w- I would suggest to them to do do whatever they're comfortable with. I know some people just didn't want to revisit anything, and other people had their paperwork ready to go the day that they could submit it. So it, it depends on the individual, and make sure you've got a good uh, support group around you. And Janet, if you get involved with a class action, so you've signed on, and you have legal representation, and there are numerous uh, people involved with you in the class action, what what should you expect? What are the what are the surprises maybe that are waiting in 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 the class actions? What did you find? Well, I think one of the biggest things that we all kind of knew going into it because we were familiar with the court system, but these class action these lawsuits can take decades. They move at a glacial pace. and But now that there's a settlement in place for the military, like the RCMP, I think that once women realize there's a settlement in place and the, the structure is there for them to follow, they will be more, they will be more inclined to submit their information to make a claim. Okay. So, so what has to happen to change the culture within an organization, and the military is not that different to the RCMP. Their roles are obviously not the same, but structurally, uh, they're not all that different. So what has to happen to change the culture? And by the way, do you hear that the culture in the RCMP has in fact changed? No, I haven't heard of one person who has been disciplined, fired, suspended, investigated, anything as a result of our class action. Like I, I hear, and I still hear from women who are going through a rough time. So I, I, oh, sorry, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine, Janet. Oh, okay. It's on my end. Um, yeah, I still hear from women who are going through a, a rough time, so I don't think they've done anything to change. 
the, it needs to be done within the management. The management needs to be changed somehow, and this independent body to look at these claims separate, completely separate of the military and the RCMP needs to happen because there's no faith in the in the organization to do it. Mm-hmm. We're just speaking with the Colonel Michel Drapeau, who a retired lawyer in Ottawa, who handles military cases and has an, uh, quite a few women as clients who uh, are alleging they were sexually harassed and victims of sexual misconduct within the armed forces. Uh, and I suggested to him that politicians have made a calculated uh, uh, move and they're, they're calculating that no one's going to hold them accountable in the upcoming federal election if they don't become directly involved in changing the reality in the Canadian Armed Forces as far as sexual misconduct is concerned. And I would, I would argue that that took place previously when the RCMP issue was developing. Would you, do you think politicians just look the other way? Oh, absolutely. There, there has been report after report after report for decades in the RCMP telling about the, the assaults and the harassment, and nothing was ever done. And they just kicked the can down the road and hope someone else will deal with it later. But it's too deep, and it's too... Uh, it's, uh, I, I can't even describe it. it. It's just too ingrained in the culture for them to change it. Would There's you no political will there to do it? Yeah. Would you advise a young woman to enter the Royal Canadian Mounted Police or the or the military at this juncture? You know, I would love to because I love my career and I love dealing with with people in the community and I and I worked with some wonderful men. Absolutely. But in in the culture that it is in today and and the, the way that the people have no voice when things like this happen, I wouldn't recommend it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.